Well, welcome to Basecamp Backside. I'm here with uh, my friend Matt Skinner. We've had a really um, interesting and hopefully helpful conversation around why do you need to send your kid to a classical Christian high school? Um, why not just give up after sixth grade or seventh grade when things are kind of early in the process? Um, Matt, let's let's jump in. Um, we, we were talking offline just about, first of all, do, do parents really understand the stakes, how high the stakes are today in our culture? I think depending on your family and the church group you're running in, you might think it's maybe not so bad. But, I mean, our kids are literally going out in front of a firing squad. It, 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 it's, it's not just bad. It is beyond bad, what our students are, are having to deal with in our culture. We, as, as I've shared with you and my thoughts are, we've lost the cultural war. Mm-hmm. This is not about uh, winning uh, the, the moral majority or anything like that. This is about retrenching to a certain um, respect and saying, we've got to train up warriors that go out and battle and engage yeah. uh, this culture because we are, we've, we've removed ourselves from the conversation, the cultural conversation. Yeah. And I think we started doing that back in the 70s of just uh, disengaging and saying, you know, you, we're going we're gonna to give up this argument and, and kind of retreat back into our little holy huddle. Mm-hmm. And then the world has just consumed us, and now it's infiltrated us, and now we're doing the same things the world does. But And, and even in Christian schools, we just bolt on that chapel and say, okay, but, man, you should see our STEM program. You should see right. what we're doing right. here. So it, it's, it's more about reaching the heart. It's that soul formation, mm. uh, that heart formation, uh, of, of giving them a grounding uh, 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 that it's tethered to something other than uh, some um, nebulous, some um, transient type of, of skill or truth or anything like that. We're tethered to the to the real truth, the truth, you know, capital T truth. But that, but you're saying that that truth, because I think some parents are going to say, well, look, Matt, we you know we're we're a Christ-following family, and we do devotions together, and we've got a great church group and a good pastor, and, you know, we kind of like, maybe we want to be a little bit of salt and light out there, and our kids are, you know, they got to get a little bit of real world ready that, you know, I don't mind them kind of having some temptations while they're under our roof, and so, you know, why why, in that, why isn't that sufficient? I mean, is, is that not a reasonable thought, and meaning maybe I'll just put them in the public school, or maybe just kind of a generic Christian school, because even if it's not perfect, we've got these other things to back them up. Are you saying that that is really probably not going to be enough to win this, win the hearts and souls of our kids today? Well, our statistics certainly <laughs> uh, tell us a different story. You know, a, up to, I think, 80% is some of the s- statistics indicate that children who grow up in Christian homes, Christian schools, and their first year in college, mm. they abandon their faith. Uh, 80%. That should be a staggering mm-hmm. uh, wake-up call mm-hmm. for us. And I think there's a lot of factors that are in play in that. But I, what I think one of the biggest factors is we are not doing a good job. And by not doing... So what does that mean? Do we need to do more Bible memory? I mean, like, why, what, where I, why is it not working? <laughs> we want our kids to be in that 20% club that don't fall into the 80%. So how does that work? What, and why, again, is high school such a, a critical part of that? I think high school, those four years in high school are critical into the formation of, of a child's heart. I mean, you, all, the entire process is critical, uh, the, the grammar stage, the logic stage, but that rhetoric stage of dealing with and, and coming alongside and speaking into the lives of, of students while they're going through and processing uh, these different things and getting this independence that I talk about a lot with 
uh, I said the biggest transformation in students is when they get their license, mm-hmm. driver's license, because now they're independent. They have a, an ability to, to go somewhere and do things and make their own choices. Yeah. And a lot of times they're bad choices. And so what we want to do is to create in them a heart that sees and understands and is able to handle that type yeah. of independence. Well, and, and it's, we're going to have uh, Brooke uh, from Barna is going to be another podcast we're going to do here shortly. And it is interesting. She was talking last night about the, just the, is it 2007 smartphones injected into culture mm-hmm. and just, uh, so there are levels of, uh, of distraction and rewiring of the brain that we have never seen before in our culture. And so the, it's, it's gloves are off. We got to figure this thing out. And to your point, uh, it is more than just knowledge. It's more than just telling our kids, memorize more stuff, do more good moral things. It's about making them love the things that God loves. It's you know, this idea of Edwards cultivation of the affections. So if, again, from your perspective, you've seen a lot of Christian schools that fly a flag of Christianity, but it's really moralism. And the kids end up sort of walking the walk and talking the talk. But the minute that that those constraints of that morality fence are mm-hmm. gone. They never loved the thing to begin with. Yeah, I think I think that's what that's the critical uh, piece that we're missing. Yeah, uh, we're we've done a great job of creating some some good looking, um, basically, automatons. <laughs> yeah, that that know when to kneel, know when, know the words to say, know how to do some things, right. tie the know tie. how to. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and then but inside we've lost their heart. Right. We have not reached their heart. We have not. You know, yeah. really captured their heart, and I think that's what a good Christian education, classical, traditional, whatever, Christian education has to capture the heart. Right. I think classical Christian education has the best chance of doing that. Right. So, and, and so, tie that to a distinctive of maybe even the curriculum. I mean, it's it's not just that classical teachers are. I mean, I think they're really great, but I mean, what, why, I mean, why actually, or how is that heart being transformed, you know, in a day in the life, if we followed Matt Skinner and around a, a, a no, high school, do that. Well, that'd be, it'd be interesting. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what, I mean, what, what are you going to see? What, where is that heart being, how is that heart being transformed? I think the biggest transfer, transformative power that we have is grace. Mm. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times what we, what we want to do is we want to put forth the standards, and mm-hmm. we talk about mm-hmm. you know the gospel, but we we set, we establish these standards which are somewhat artificial. Uh, the parents want to hold our our parents want to hold our students to a higher standard than they themselves right. want to be held to. Right. And and so we we establish these standards. Say you know you do this, you're out of the school. You do this, you know the, these right. consequences, right. which consequences are fine. But but grace is not the absence of consequences. It's the absence of judgment. Right. And I think that's where we kind of lose mm. uh, our mm. our way. Mm-hmm. We think that the consequences are the determining factor. The 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 transformative factor. It is not. It's the grace that can be applied to come alongside of students, made a poor choice, and say you know yeah. what. We love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to support you. This is where yeah. we're going to go from here. Yeah. And that's really the, you know, the strength of the curriculum of classical Christian schools. Um, reading through the great books, and people think, well, they, you read great books because they're just, they're great, and they're full of big words, and you'll do better in your SAT, or I don't know, it's just like eating gravel, it'll just make you better. <laughs> and this, they're actually not like gravel. But the point is, you get to vicariously live through the lives of people who've gone before you. Nothing is new under the sun. And that's, to me, the, the, what's so exciting is you get to sit in a classroom, but your mind is taking you on a journey through another time mm-hmm. period, and you're experiencing 
I often use the example of the great Gatsby, Fitzgerald's book that uh, we read in ninth grade. But you, you get a, a kid basically getting to watch uh, some poor decisions. And at the end of the day, is that the decision you want to make? So it's like an inoculation to that. So they're getting to think about in light of truth. It's not just their opinion of what they think of the character, but what is... What does the scripture say about this? What does God say? And then they want to own that. It, it 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 actually forms in them the things that they value and love. Yeah, I've, I've told students a lot of times, look, look at my life. Let me speak into your life because you don't want to make the same mistakes I made. Right. And so to a certain extent, even though I can mentor students, yeah. but a, a great Gatsby or, right. you know, these these great books that we, that we read, yeah. we get to learn from other people's mistakes exactly and that's the beauty yeah. of, of these great books because it's not just great books uh because they have the big words and they right. got these high thought high yeah. lofty things it's they're great books because they present mm-hmm. a moral dilemma they present right. these these uh situations where you have yeah. to make decisions and but then they're based really on consequences yeah. these are the consequence these are the as, as we've talked, you are the sum of the decisions that you have made in your life. Yeah. And so how can we prepare our students to make better decisions starting today? Not when they're 24 and they get out of college and they finally have you mm-hmm. know kind of regained their senses. Yeah. How do we do it now? Yeah. Because the decisions we make now are going to be who right. we become tomorrow. And what's interesting is that we're a culture of stories and narrative. I mean, that's the, that's the currency we trade in on so many levels. We want to hear story. We don't want to just be told, here's the five rules you got to go and obey. And so when somebody gives their testimony, they're basically, I made this decision, I made that decision, Christ helped me with this. And, so, and, and people are compelled, Jesus used stories and parables. Mm-hmm. And so really great books are just a series of stories that remind us of the human saga and journey and how do we find ourselves in that. So I think, again, but parents don't understand this. They think, well, that's English class, and most high schools have an English class, and it's kind of the same thing. And it's not. Most Two things. One is most English classes are an anthology where somebody kind of chopped up bits and pieces of this thing, put it in there. You don't get the full uh, cover to cover. Most classical Christian schools, I think, without any doubt, are, are reading the original source material. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a radical idea. The other is that we don't uh, ad- adhere to the all-too-common kind of deconstructionalist view of things, which says, um, even in some Christian schools, I think it's a little bit of this, it doesn't really matter what the author intended, it matters what you just took from the, mm-hmm. the piece of writing. And we do that with, certainly in a more liberal tradition. The scriptures are just basically yeah. there as a springboard to mm-hmm. self-discovery. <laughs> it's like, no, no. no. It's called fall on your knees in humility yeah, and discover you yourself before God's truth. And yeah. that's that's where I think that happens all day long in a classical Christian high school. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, we we want something more for these students. I'm, I'm, I, just, yeah. I have to say this because right. we're talking about high school. Uh, high school is so important. It, it's, it's so instrumental. What I've seen over my years of experience is this is the time that, that students – under, begin to understand who they are going to become, mm. and they, it, there's a transfer that takes place from their parents' faith mm-hmm. to their own. Yep. And a lot of times, there's a disconnect there. Right. And I think we have a lot of uh, of blame mm. uh, to accept in that the way that we've done things as a church yeah. for so many years. Yep. And we've got to do a better job of yeah. helping a, a student come to understand this is my faith. Yeah. I'm going to make this mine yeah. before I go off to college. Right. And I think there's a lot, again, probably worthy of a whole other conversation. Um, but I think too often 
I see this where you've got parents in sort of grammar school, maybe in the middle school, are very uh, prescriptive and overly uh, protective of what they want for their kids. They will. They there's no choice in the matter. You're going to this school, and this is how it's going to be. But some for some reason, parents think that oh, well, they're in eighth grade now. I need to let them have a voice. Let's let them choose. Johnny, where would you like to go to school? I don't want to go to that that classical school because you have to do Latin, and my friends do Spanish, and the girls are prettier down the street, and you have to wear a uniform. And all of a sudden, parents are caught in this conundrum of where do. I, and it's like, well, time out. You need to. You need to be very involved in the decision of where your child goes all the way through high school. They're not at a point, you were talking last night about the frontal cortex isn't even fully formed, and we're <laughs> going to ask them where they want to go to school. That's not a good idea. They, it, they make bad decisions. They make bad decisions. And we feel like we're, my point is, I think we have this fear that we're not allowing them to have the freedom that you're describing to make the mistake, to show them grace. Yes, there needs to be more freedoms. You don't want your high schooler under the constraints of a grammar school, but it's not this throw them out into the world. And it, this even came up last night, Was and I thought it's a, it's a fair question, is are we somehow uh, um, you know, insulating them from what will, uh, of the real world? Like, a, you know, is it possible that they could be in these high schools and not actually get enough of the real world? They're just going to be like the Amish showing up in the buggy and not know what to do? I mean, what? A, that, you know, we talked about fears. That's probably one of the, the, the yeah, greatest fears yeah, that, that parents the have. The Amish fear. We're, we're just, yeah. we're, we're creating bubble, yeah. bubble kids. And that is so far from it's the truth. So, <laughs> it, I mean, if you think for a minute that you're going to shield your student right. from from the real, real yeah. world. Even if you give them a flip phone, that, I'm not sure right. it's going to work. Yeah, no. yeah it's, no. it's a misnomer. Well, all right. Well, Maskinner, thanks so much. Uh, it, we could keep going, but uh, folks have probably have other stuff to do. <laughs> but uh, thanks for hanging out here at Base Camp. And uh, super excited to see where Heritage goes with a high school and excited to come back and uh, and be a part of seeing this great thing unfold because wow. it, it's definitely needed. City of 7 million and there's no classical Christian high school. <laughs> in the perimeter. In the yeah. perimeter. That's one of the reasons yeah. I moved all the way to Idaho. I mean, I, I was like, <laughs> we have got to have this for our kids. So I'm excited to see folks getting to stay local and well, see what happens. We're, we're excited about the opportunity yeah. to see what God does and, and thank you for the chance to sit down and Absolutely, talk. Absolutely, Matt. Like you said, we could go on for hours. We could. We'll be back for more. But thanks, Matt. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Take care.